Welcome to the Learning with Stitch podcast. I'm Mark Williams from GiraffePad, the learning platform for learning journeys. In this podcast series, I'm chatting with experts from around the world of learning and development, exploring with them their different ideas, techniques, their methods, their magic source, if you like, for creating learning solutions that truly stick. In this episode, I've got the immense pleasure of chatting with Erin Deal from Improve It. And we're going to explore Erin's area of expertise, which is improvisation and bringing improv into learning sessions. Erin, thank you so much for joining me. Mark, thank you so much for being here. And I got to say, I'm so excited. I loved, I you. I just love hearing your voice, by the way. I love it. You have like a natural podcast voice. So just know you're already nailing this podcast <laughs> thing. So thank you. That's great feedback, Erin, because before our call started, I was slightly nervous that my rather dry English accent was going to sound very boring next to your lovely, upbeat American accent. <laughs> <laughs> this is called, no, this is called a nasal twang. This is um, half, I'm half Southern um, in the US, half uh, Midwestern. So I'm like, you know, I don't know. Do you ever watch the show, The Nanny? Are you familiar with The I Nanny? No, I haven't seen Okay. <laughs> she has this really nasally voice and I got, I'm associated with her, but I'm like her on a farm because sometimes I'm a little Southern. So no, <laughs> I'm so excited, Mark. I, I think this is going to be awesome. I love what your, your podcast does, what your company does, and I'm thrilled to chat. Fantastic. Erin, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Now, before we get now, obviously, we now know you, you're part Southern in the US, but maybe before we get into the really sticky stuff, it would be great for the benefit of our listeners if you could give us a bit of a sort of a potted career of your uh, as you progress through to where you are now with Improve It uh, and the business that you're running now. Yeah. So I started in corporate America uh, at in an experiential marketing firm. We were doing all different types of activations for very large brands. Got burnt out. And when I got burnt out, I went to a recruiting firm. And I went to the recruiting firm for several reasons. Um, one, I just wanted a nine to five because I knew I wanted to do improv in the evenings again. And two, I knew was, this was a role in business development that I thought, oh my gosh, I've never done sales. I don't know how to sell any type of service. This would be great. So through that, I really honed in on my networking, my ability to create business relationships and build trust with clients from all different companies, which serves me today. And I came up with the idea for Improve It during that time. So Improve It's been around for about seven years now. And we have had so many iterations of our business, thanks to the lovely global pandemic. We've done about seven pivots in two years, <laughs> um, but it's been a wonderful journey. And it's very interesting to look back on my life to see how the puzzle pieces all fit together because everything I learned in those roles really prepared me for where I am today. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that. Now, improvisation. Now, I, this is a word that perhaps um, people might have different perceptions of, and certainly in the sense of of utilizing it in a learning development uh, uh, arena, if you like. So, should we should we start with a bit of a definition of what we mean by improv and, and improvisation? Then we can lead into how that makes learning particularly sticky. 
Absolutely. And what's great, Mark, is I know the actual definition from Wikipedia by heart. Okay. So I'm going to tell you the actual definition, then I'll tell you what I mean. So the definition is the practice of acting, singing, making, and reacting in the moment and in the response to the stimulus of one's environment and inner feelings. Literally, Google it. Check that out word for word. Your girl knows it. Okay. So, um, what that really means is I'm a professional pretender. My team and I are professional pretenders. We play pretend for a living. And if you think about it, you are a pre professional pretender, Mark. Everyone listening is a professional pretender. We are all improvising day in and day out. We are listening and responding and reacting. And that's what makes good improv is not showing up and telling a funny one-liner or being a comedian. There's a very big difference from stand-up comedy and improv. It is all about listening and reacting and being present and truthful with your response to what is being said. So we, in an improv show, the performers receive a suggestion from the audience and it's usually one word. And in long form improv, you make up a 30 minute improvised set based off of that one word suggestion. And there's many hours of practice and a lot of form that goes into making great improv look great. And I'm sure if you've seen improv, you've seen really good shows, you've seen really bad shows. And the good thing is the good shows only happen once and the bad shows only happen once. Uh, they could never be replicated. And it's what, what I love about improv as a teaching tool is that you take those fundamentals that make good improv work and apply them in a business setting. And it's miraculous to watch the results because it makes learning stick. I love the name of your show. It makes learning stick. And, and we say that we our soft skills stick because you experience it and you learn by doing. So hopefully that was a long-winded answer to your question, mm -hmm. but helped Erin, that was a fantastic answer. You know, halfway through you were explaining that. Uh, so you got past the Wikipedia, the Google one, and you yes. were giving your explanation. I had a light bulb moment because whilst fundamentally I got it anyway, the way you described, you said it's about being present, it's about listening, and then it's about acting, responding on what you listen to in the moment. That almost describes learning to me in a way. That's yes. that's actual learning, isn't it? Whether we whether it's in the form of improv or some other form that's actually learning and so I had a real light bulb moment listening to your description they're thinking all learning really is about improv that is totally it and uh it is really it, the, the characteristics of a great improviser make up the characteristics of a great human so in order to make scenes work well on stage you have to be empathetic you have to listen you have to give and take you have to have the people that you are on stage with backs you have to be supportive you have to be brave and you have to be confident in what you're doing and all of those things obviously are great traits to have as a human being so they're so transferable from the stage into life and specifically into learning. See, my head is whirring at this moment thinking about learning sessions. And I, I can almost, and I'm sure you're going to share this with me, but I can imagine you could quite easily run an entire learning session around an improv style uh, exercise or activity, but also you could use it at certain moments. So as, as we'll both know, and, and a lot of our listeners will know, sometimes participants, learners will turn up probably 
pre-preparing themselves, fixed on how they're going to show up there, trying not to show vulnerabilities, perhaps trying to showcase they're already brilliant in this subject already or they're masters of leadership, whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. and breaking down some of those barriers so they can be present and vulnerable and, and be open to learning just improv at the beginning to get that get them into a learning mode almost must work really really well oh my gosh you're absolutely right and what it does is exactly what you said I love that you use the word barriers is it breaks down those barriers so I have spent my entire career at improve it trying to get professionals to take off their hypothetical masks at work to show up as them because it is so much harder to show up and try to be somebody else, right? That's work. You're already working. Why work harder? So in 2020, what was interesting is people were like, no, wear wear your KN95, you know, the mask that protects you from this pandemic to work. But that mask serves a purpose. The mask that we wear when we show up inauthentically does not. And so for us, it's all about when we can get you laughing, when we can get you in play, when we can get you literally thinking about what you're doing in that moment and enjoying it, that mask, that barrier is dropped. And when that happens, that's when the true learning occurs, when you're not judging yourself not judging others when you're just present in that moment. And then when that true learning occurs, that's when you become the best professional you can be. And when that happens, organizations and the people within those organizations just thrive. So it is a magical, magical teaching tool. And we just did this statistic recently, and I'm not trying to like, you know, plug and prove it, but we have watched 26,000 participants in the past seven years transform through this teaching tool. And it is wonderful. Like I will never forget the very first time we did an improve it workshop and I had a team collectively, I had been trying some workshops out on my own. I got chills and I, and I really, I felt this like presence come over me that said, this is, this works, this is happening and just hold on. Cause you're just getting started. And it's to this day, I have to pinch myself sometimes when I watch teams transform, it's very cool to witness and to, to facilitate. So let's go, this, this is 26,000 people. That's amazing. Aaron. Let's get some context on this in terms of the types of um, work you might be doing within that improv. So are we talking around, Leadership, we're talking about. Is it, I'm assuming it's predominantly soft skill, behaviour based learning intervention. Let's let's get some context on the kind of things you might do with the improv approach. Totally, and it's absolutely right. Soft skills, which are the hardest to measure, um, but we have ten different workshops on things like team building, leadership, effective communication, thinking quickly on your feet, presentation skills, networking, taking initiative, creative risks, sales, intern training, vision setting. Those are the ten, uh, and we have a methodology. It's our own methodology, very tried and true. And we break down an overarching objective into bite-sized activities, which are based in play. We have the teams, we facilitate the play, but the workshop and the learning is all the participants. They are doing. So there's no technology. Well, we have a PowerPoint, but there's no, you know, sitting at your computer, typing answers. It's 
if you're in person, phones are down, you are standing in a circle, you are looking at your team, you're face-to-face with your partner. We have small group activities, large group activities. For virtual, you're in Zoom breakout rooms left and right, like in an hour and a half Zoom session, we're in breakout rooms nine times. So they're so interactive and they really kind of, and I, I say this with love, they use fun and laughter to somewhat trick people into learning. And then by the end, people walk out and they're like, wow, I just did that with my team. And it's something you probably never thought you would do with your team because it's just putting you in a different scenario. And it's, it's such a bonding experience too. But yeah, it's all rooted in soft skill development for us. Listen, the question that springs to my mind here, when I think of all those subject areas, and and a lot of them, you might have quite senior experienced people coming in who probably have the strongest masters, you call them already, you know, their their imposter syndrome is probably kicking off big time. But outside that, they're these hugely successful individuals. Do you find, and, and, and if you do, how do you overcome it? Do you find any initial resistance to to playing, if you like, and to getting involved in the fun and that, that this very different way of learning? Oh, that is such a good question, Mark. I, yes. And you know who the resistance is usually from? Leaders mm. that didn't book us, right? So like, there's usually like the one leader who's so into to this, they, they need it. Their team needs it. Their seat, the leader who's the most cognizant of what's actually happening is usually the leader that I work with, right? That our team works with. The leaders who need it, they just show up with that shield on. I mean, it's not even a mask. It's like a shield because they don't want to be seen as vulnerable. They don't want their flaws to be shown to their team. So that that happens. I'm not going to say that happens a lot. It, ha- it happens. And when that does, I know exactly why. Like I understand You don't want those vulnerabilities to show because we're going to put you in some activities where you're interacting in a different way. You may go to work every day and like when we're back in person and your door may be shut. You may have never sat at a lunch table with your team and heard what they do after work or interacted with them. And now we're asking you to play. And so, oh my gosh, that is, that is, uh, it's really interesting to watch. Now on the flip side, I have leaders who are like, we need this, let's do this. And they get in and they get involved. And those are the most transformational teams because literally in our workshops, you can have an intern and a CEO in the session. And for those two hours or hour and a half virtually, they're on the same page. They're the same level and they don't know what's going to happen. They're feeling a little bit uncomfortable. And what we like to say is we get them comfortable with the uncomfortable And it's, those are the most transformational workshops, but the ones where the leader comes in and the shield is really armed, it takes about 30 minutes to even get the entire group warmed up. It may take the whole session to get that leader warmed and they may may never truthfully, but we need more time for that. You know what I mean? So it's like, we can't change that in two hours, but it is interesting to witness. It's, it's, you're, you're doing the, the my, my comms are wearing again because what I'm listening to here as well is I see this as 
you used a phrase about saying trick people into learning and I, I totally got what you meant there and I could almost see this as well so if you're running an ongoing let's say you're running an ongoing leadership program where you're really building those leadership capabilities over a period of time you know that every single part of that program is going to require them to be present to be vulnerable to be open and honest with where they're at and what challenges they're faced with and that I love that phrase of being comfortable being uncomfortable because learning should make you uncomfortable because you're stretching yourself. Yeah. And so actually as as a as a as a starting point to the program, a whole session around this this improv to say, right, all the way through this year-long program, whatever it might be, you're going to be uncomfortable. So we're going to start. We're not even going to talk about leadership. We're going to start with making you comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. I can, I can, I'm already seeing so many uses for this. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's so funny, even within that is our workshops we've built them. So we go from a low risk activity to high risk. So mm. that way we're like dipping a toe and then we dip in a leg and the, or no, a foot. And then by the end, we got the whole leg in because we know that when people hear the word improv, they freeze. And it's like, Mark, what we're doing right now is improv. Like we have no, I have no clue what you're going to ask me. I have no okay. clue. And we're doing it. But when you label it as such, sometimes we get what I call the ick factor we get really, our armpits get really sweaty. We start with a cold sweat on our neck. We think like, oh my gosh, ew, I feel icky, gross inside. And we just show up differently. But it is, it is truly like, and people always say, you know, if I got a long leadership, if I have a, you know, a lengthy leadership program, where should I position you? Or even in a conference, like if we were doing a two-day conference, where should you come in? And it varies based on the objective, but I really do like having us come um, in the very beginning, because it sets the tone for the rest of the session and people are, are you've already gotten the ice broken. I mean, it, it's a long, it's a two hour icebreaker is what it is, but it, it breaks it. And then it makes a nice, you put the, you put the ice in a cocktail. That's what you do. And then we serve it up to you and, and you can go about your meeting because it's, it's such a great bonding tool, no matter what soft skill we're training on. Yeah, preparation for the rest of that, either that meeting or that program is 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 just complete and done and they're ready to roll. Um, Erin, I, I, without getting you to reveal too many of your trade secrets, could you maybe give walk us through an example of a kind of activity you might do that brings brings improv into the scenario, whatever the context might be? It'd be great to hear what a particular activity might be. Totally. And I just released an episode. So we have a podcast called The Improve It Podcast. And I gave away two icebreakers. I think these are good. Um, I'm going to give you one of those because I think along the lines of this conversation of getting teams warmed up, they're so good. So this one, the first one's called the golden ticket. Okay. And this can be used literally. I want to say this to your audience and I want you to take this leaders, apply it and use it in your next team meeting. So Mark right now, and I can see Mark. So if people listening, we're looking at each other. Let's say we're all on Zoom. A lot of people are still working virtually and I'm the, I'm the team leader. And I say, okay, on the count of three, we are going to pretend like we won the lottery. And if you are on a virtual setting, I would suggest everyone going on mute. Uh, but if, if you're a person, don't, you're going to hoot and holler. It's going to be crazy. So on the count of three, we're going to pretend like we just won the lottery, Mark. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Woo! <laughs> Yes. Okay. 
Now, what I didn't preface was this wasn't like, you know, the millions. This was like the mega mill. Okay. So what we're going to do right now is rate our energy level. What would you say on a level one to 10, one being low, 10 being high, our energy level was? So yours is probably a little higher than mine. <laughs> the typical British reserve kicking in. <laughs> stop, stop. Okay, wait, like average, what would you say? Seven. 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 Okay, okay. So now we're going to do it round two. And I apologize. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to scream. So the listeners at home, you know, are going to spit out their cup, their cup of coffee mm. on the way to work. Um, but I'm going to get a little bit crazier. And Mark, you're going to see this. We're going to get to a level 10, okay? And this, what I want us to do is right now, if I'm not at a 10, you get in your computer screen, get closer to the camera. I'll get closer to the camera if I need you to give me some more energy. And we're going to make each other get to a 10, okay? We just won the mega million lottery. One, two, three. <gasps> clapping, we're clapping. I'm doing a high kick. I'm doing a high kick. There's turning in a chair. I'm doing the cabbage patch dance. Okay. Okay, did you think you would do that today, Mark? Where are we now? Where are we now? Level one to 10. I think we're there. Well, you're definitely there at 10, and I'm, I'm hanging on to your coattails. I just want to reiterate to the listeners that I had no idea I was going to be asked to do this today. <laughs> this is about we as unscripted not. as you get. This is an improv in podcast style. Isn't it? <laughs> That's it. That's it. Okay, so, and then what we ask people who do this, so let's say you have 50 people on a Zoom call or 50 people in person, we ask them to give a higher level of energy in that second round, but it's by holding ourselves accountable that we did that. So I the, the round two of that, our energy definitely grew because you and I gave you know, we leaned into the camera. We were looking at each other. We were trying to boost each other's energy up. We were each, each other's cheerleaders, so to speak. But what that really is, is a icebreaker slash warm up to any meeting, any session where you can take that conversation and lead it into, okay, what made round two work? Well, we held each other accountable. Your energy is now at a 10. For the rest of this meeting, we are holding each other accountable to show up, to speak up, to communicate and to also support one another. And if you see somebody within the team not doing that, I want you to hold them accountable and ask them a question and bring them into the into the conversation. So that is just an E, I mean, that is like the very first thing we do. So it gets a little bit, I mean, that, there's not a lot of hooting and hollering. That's actually a pretty um, silly one, but it's fun. And what it does, like right now, my heart rate is raised. I'm sure yours is too. I told you before we jumped on this call, I have not finished my morning cup of coffee. It's 930 here for me in the US. Uh, so I feel like I've had two cups of coffee now and I'm ready to go. And so it just sets the energy for the meeting. It sets the tone for the meeting and then we move on. But it's something somebody, we call it the golden ticket because it's like you won, you got the golden ticket from the lottery or like the Willy Wonka gold mm. ticket. Um, it's just fun and playful. And we, you know, right now you have a smile, I'm smiling. Like it just changed the mood, right? So it's just a really easy thing that costs nothing that is a fun way to get the energy and the tone of a meeting set. And, and probably entirely unexpected from them as well, which has its extra advantages as well, doesn't it? They, they would have walked into that meeting having no idea that was the first thing they were going to be asked to do at all. <laughs> totally, totally. And when you have a large group doing that, like imagine what that feels like. It's so fun. Yeah. It's so yeah. fun. 
Thanks for playing with me, Mark. You didn't know you were going to do that. You're like, dang it. <laughs> I'm not airing this episode. No, I'm just kidding. You did awesome. It was so good. Turn the volume down. I'll, I'll, I'll put, we'll put a warning sign on the episode show notes saying, turn the volume down. And down and yeah. <laughs> no explicit language, explicit yelling. Um, so that I, I love the idea that I like you my heart's beating hard now and you know for a moment I was there thinking I genuinely have this is the last podcast episode I need to record because I won the lottery big time <laughs> but now I'm back to reality and we, we're still here so th- that's use in something like icebreakers do you find do you deliver like ongoing sessions using improv so rather than it being like a one-off intervention like maybe I was alluding to in certain things that actually utilize it all the way through a particular program Yes. So we have, so within those 10, we've worked consistently with teams on building out. So for example, we get really specific with a client on what is their challenge and what is their objective. And we say we measure success of anything we do with the ROO, not the ROI, the ROO, the return on objective. And if the objective is, let's say you have a team who is struggling with leadership, their leadership is is not necessarily where they want them to be. So the team is not communicating, they're not productive. We would understand what that objective is and then build out our programming to match. So we might start with our team building workshop first, then our effective communication, then perhaps our taking initiative and creative risks, because that's all about implementing change, and then end with our leadership workshop. So, and that would be spread out over time, because after each session, we actually have a three-week e-learning course that's built in conjunction with our workshops. The workshops are in person. The e-learning courses are based on like a DIY, do it yourself. Um, And so we need time for that, that learning session to occur post-workshop to do the next session. And that was built as a follow-up to clients saying, we had this amazing workshop. We feel great. It's kind of like how we feel after that activity. How do I make this stick? Okay. Going back to the name of this show. (laughs) And that was our response is these e-learning courses. And we're actually in the process of developing pre-work to our workshops. So in 2022, you get a video with scenarios and we ask you some questions before we come in, you get the workshop itself and then the three-week e-learning course. So we pack in a lot of learning. It's not just play. It's very soft skill based and, and developmental focused. This is, this is fantastic because you've almost inadvertently led me to another question or even a point in some ways that, that it's long been something I've been aware of that however good a facilitator one is so you run your sessions and uh, even without something as, as amazing and as fun as an interactive as improv a good facilitator has a real impact on their and the people they're with at that moment in time whether they're in the room or on the zoom once they leave that session you know the idea of the sort of and i mean this in the nicest possible way the idea of the self-reliant learner self-responsible learner is unfortunately a little bit of a myth they get back to their normality they get back to their workplace or their team as it is very little yep. else has changed it dissipates. And as I was listening to and experiencing firsthand what it's like, I'm imagining, yes, I would go along to one of these sessions, I'd be utterly inspired by the work Erin is doing with me. And it'd almost be like a come down, almost like a hangover afterwards, because suddenly I'm back without the fun and the play. But you do pack things in there to keep that reflection and that learning practice going, which is fantastic. So Thank you. And can I even follow up to your point there? You are so right. The learn and so to tell you the truth, our e-learning course comes to them via email. So they get the modules 
every week, three, three for three weeks, Monday, Wednesday, Friday to email. And we thought about putting it on an LMS. We've thought about putting it on, you know, we can integrate it into a company's LMS. But I'll tell you what I check every single day is my email. I'm not going to jump onto another portal to do learning. I want it right in front of me. And so we have really found success in using email integration as a teaching tool because embedded in the email, we've got audio, we've got the, we've got the actual learning, and then we have worksheets so they can just download right from their email and it's in their face reminding them to do it every day. And do you use video content with you and your team on there? So we don't have video in the e-learning, but that's what the pre-work is going to be is video. And we actually, if you go to our social handles, which is learn to improve it, we've started playing with something over the pandemic called improve bits. So they're just bite-sized, funny videos about things that happen on Zoom calls and things that happen while working from home. I have 22 facilitators from New York, Chicago, LA, who are the most hilarious individuals in the entire, I mean, they're hilarious. And they've all trained at all the major theaters across the US and they are so funny. And so they're writers. I within that have three editors who can edit film. And I have 22 hilarious actors. So we have, that's what our pre-work will be. And um, we've dabbled, we've created some video content for a couple of clients in, who've asked us. We thought about going in that direction with our business, but it's just so different from the live events. So we decided to kind of stay in our lane, but video is a, a platform that we are experimenting with. We love, and it's just been so fun because I like, I, I'm sitting in my podcast closet, Mark. Above mm -hmm. me, I have a wig bin. I have a bin of props and wigs that we wear in these videos. And just, it's just silly. They're just so fun. And um, we also do laugh break. There's something called laugh breaks, which is something we built in the pandemic. So Everyone was sitting at home. All of our team had nowhere to perform. So basically we create laugh breaks. We've done this on a global scale where if you have a Zoom meeting, a reoccurring meeting with your team and you want some entertainment, we will come on for 20, 30 or 45 minutes and do short form improv over Zoom. We use the chat function for suggestions and laughter. So you're like laughing in the chat box, but you're on video watching us make you laugh. We use your suggestions to make you laugh and we call it like the Uber of laughter because you can book it within 48 hours. So let's say you have a meeting 48 hours from now, you can literally book it on our website in 48 hours and we'll show up with four improvisers on your Zoom link or ours, whatever you prefer, and just make you smile. And that was our gift to corporate America during the pandemic was how do we bring laughter, levity, and positivity? And that was the answer. So it's really interesting because we're, we're soft skill development company first and foremost, but I also have this amazing crew of talent. So to leverage that differently has been really fun. I love the idea of laughter breaks. And, you know, you might be turning up to a meeting expecting it to be quite a serious run through the figures or the stats or the plans for the following quarter. And suddenly for 20 minutes, you're just wetting yourself with laughter of this improv session going on via Zoom, which sounds like absolutely fantastic. You know, 20 minutes just to quickly lighten the mood, get people moving away from their, you know, the desk they've been they've been sat at. Sounds awesome. Now, something that's 
really sticking my mind here, um, Erin, you've you've been working on this all your life, if you like, from what you said. You know, you've got background in the theatre and the improv from a long time previously, and you brought it through. I'm wearing the shoes of some of our listeners now who might really be inspired by this idea of improv, of, of bringing something slightly different to the way they bring fun and play into their learning sessions. We'll, we'll share some of you, your contact details and resources in the show, show notes. But if someone wanted to improve their abilities you know, or learn more about how they could do this, what would you suggest to someone as the easiest path they can take? They might not have their whole life in theatre to back, back it up. So what would be their yeah. first steps to do to, to improve their understanding of this? Yeah, that's a great question. So we, we teach improv as a life skill. We don't teach you how to improvise. Um, so if they want to know how to perform improv, there are so many theaters who are now offering virtual classes and that I think is the way to go, especially, um, so there's, there's major theaters in the U S second city is a huge one based out of Chicago. The Groundlings Theater is another amazing theater based out of LA. They're teaching virtual classes. So you could literally go to their websites, see, take one of their entry level improv classes and do it virtually. And you'll be placed in a classroom with a people from all over the world, um, which I think is really smart because now even for us, we've been able to work in a global market where before we were, you know, the travel fees were pretty high. So we weren't necessarily going outside of the US. So that's a place to start is take an improv class. Um, I'm sure there's, there's a lot of reputable theaters out there. I'm sure there's other places that do like group meetups, but just get out there and play and learn the fundamentals. And then what I did within that is find groups within my classes to go perform with and do classes with, or do shows with and doing, you know, in these smaller theaters and just by repetition, it's just like riding a bike. I mean, you got to do it over and over and over and over again. And I'll be honest with you, Mark, I was afraid of improv in my 20s. It scared the living pacoodle out of me. Like, I, what's the word pacoodle mean? I don't know. But I was, I was terrified. And it took a lot of exposure therapy because I've, I've actually come from a background in acting, dancing. I danced my whole life. I sang in the shower, but I had to sing some of the things I did for dance. So we'll say I was a singer. All of those had a script. So the moment that I was, same with I'm sure a lot of the listeners today, told to improvise, I felt icky and I didn't know how to do it. And I forced myself to go to classes and learn. And I'll tell you this, it became like a drug. I wanted more and more and more, the more comfortable I got with it because it's just, it's therapeutic. Like things that were going on my in my life, I would bring into a scene and you never know where that scene can go. And so it was almost as if I was acting out things that I needed to hash out sometimes. So it's, it's a very beautiful, beautiful art form. And I just, to anybody who wants to learn, go to a, to a training school to teach you to improvise. Um, and we can teach you how to apply those things to your life. Listening to you there, I'm remembering a phrase you used right at the beginning, Owen, where you talked about us being professional pretenders. Mm -hmm. And it made me reflect, like when you're facilitating, it doesn't matter how well you've designed that course or that program, how how structured you've made it, you're always improvising, aren't you? Because you have no idea how the participants are going to respond, whether they're going to engage, the kind of questions they're going to raise. So you're always thinking on your feet. 
So it's really nice to think that actually that is a skill that you need as a facilitator anyway. So give it some real backing and understanding and strength by building on that improv sense by going through a theatre class or school or whatever that might be. Um, makes a huge amount of sense. It makes you wonder why any, you imagine those sort of traditional train-the-trainer programmes that are out there. In reality, that should be module one, shouldn't it? Yes. Until you can improvise, you're, you're really not going to make it as a facilitator. Fantastic. That is it. It is, it is a... It is a life skill. It will help you in so many areas, especially if you are a facilitator. I've I've been in so many moments where my training has pulled me out of those moments where your mind just goes completely blank. You know, where you're like, what what was I gonna say? Uh, and you're like a deer in headlights. You have no clue. Improv has guided me through that. We have a whole workshop on that. <laughs> Thinking quickly on your feet because it happens to so many people. So it is, it's a valuable life skill. And I recommend, and I do believe that if the entire world were to take an improv class, it would be a better place. I really believe that. I really that's, believe that, that. That sounds like a life mission statement, Erin. I know. I got work to do. Mark. You got work to do. Oh, I'm tired already. I got these bags under my eyes are not a shopping spree. These are real bags. And I, that's a lot of work. Well, listen, in one small step towards that life mission statement, um, I'm pretty confident that our listeners are going to be a bit inspired by this whole notion of, of improv and how they can bring it into their learning sessions. So if they wanted to connect with you, find out more about you, find out more about your business, where, where would people connect with you and find you, Erin? I love it. So you can go to our website, learn to that's T O improve it.com. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Aaron deal. You can also connect with us on Instagram at learn to improve it. TO. You'll find those funny little videos there. And I'm also on Instagram at keeping it real deal. Okay. That's my last name. So just puns on puns so any of those places or we like to hang out on instagram and linkedin a lot and then our website will give you all the details on everything we talked about today fantastic erin thank you so much we will include all of those links and details and connection ideas on in the show notes um really really appreciate you sharing your time today even pre-coffee as well which is very interesting. <laughs> I'm going to have a big step right now, but no, Mark, you are awesome. I love what you're doing. Thanks for having this platform to discuss these topics because it's, it's so needed and so necessary. No, it's been a real pleasure. And thank you to our listeners. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, please give us a great rating on your podcast app of choice. And like I said, we'll leave all of those connection details in the show notes and we'll be back soon. See you soon. Bye.